good morning. I'm excited to uh, be here with you this morning and to share with you about an organization that has become near and dear to my heart. Uh, the video that you just watched shows a small glimpse into the life uh, of people who live in this small Haitian village in the Dominican Republic called Monteverde. And it shows you um, just the circumstances in which Second Mile Missions fights to disrupt the cycle of poverty for those that God has called us to. Um, in the video, they mentioned that men make about a dollar an hour, that women uh, lack dignified opportunities for employment, and often end up uh, selling themselves, which is legal, by the way, in the Dominican Republic, to put food on the table for their families. And children often lack the opportunity to go to school. Born out of the desires of our uh, founders, Rod and Nancy Wildman, Second Mile Missions exists to spread the love of Christ by disrupting the cycle of poverty in the communities we serve. We do this by educating, equipping, and empowering those that God has called us to. What began as two small classrooms on the back of a, a church in this little village has grown to two schools serving more than 800 students a year, an orphanage that provides a safe house for girls. We currently have 13 girls ranging in age from 3 to 18, and uh, a partnership with uh, an organization called Vita Plena that provides dignified employment for nearly 30 women. Since 2006, $9.3 million has been raised to help Second Mile Missions do the work that God has called us to do in the Dominican Republic. To say that God has blessed Second Mile Missions would be an understatement. Um, this morning, as, as Jordan mentioned, I'm going to share with you just a little bit about how Second Mile Missions has uh, worked in the Dominican Republic, how God has been at work in Second Mile Missions, and how God has been at work in me. We don't have uh, all day, and there's really honestly no short story for Second Mile Missions, so I'm going to skip a lot of the things, and you're going to miss out on some things, but if you would like to learn more, you can speak with me afterwards, or you can um, continue to read more on our website. But this morning, I'm going to focus in on education, and education is probably our primary focus at Second Mile Education, and uh, we do have, again, the orphanage and also the uh, partnership with Vita Plena, but today we want to focus in on um, education. We also uh, do take trips, so if that's something that you would be interested in, you can uh, talk with me about that. I would love to see maybe if we could get a group from the church to go and just experience all that God is doing in the second, at, at Second Mile Missions in the DR. Um, earlier this year, the uh, Ministry of Education in the Dominican Republic announced that over 100,000 students were denied access to public education. Can you imagine that? I want you to think for a minute. I want, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of some of these families in the Dominican Republic. So parents, I want you to think for a moment that, that if you took your child to Triton Elementary School, to Triton Junior Senior High School, and the administrative staff says, I'm sorry, your student has been denied entrance because the school is full. Hard to imagine, right? Well, let's take it a step further. And let's say that you still feel it's important for your child to receive an education. Your only option in the area where we work in the Dominican Republic is to enroll your student in a private school. Private schools in this area can cost as much as three to $400 a month per student. So you can imagine the heartbreak when you have to tell your son or your daughter that your minimum wage job making about 83 cents an hour or $35 a week won't be enough to pay for them to go to school as it's barely enough to pay for the rent each month and to put food on the table. This is the brutal reality for many families and many students in the Dominican Republic. And quite frankly, Second Mile Missions finds this unacceptable. And this is why Second Mile Missions has been fighting for education since 2006. 
Thanks to our student sponsorship program here in the United States and, and the amazing supporters that we have, this is not the reality for 340 students this year who are receiving a scholarship at one of our two schools because Second Mile Missions exist. For just $40 a month, um, student sponsors can help provide education for impoverished students while also providing consistent and dignified employment for our staff members, which means that their gift of $40 a month is doubled. If you're interested in um, sponsoring a student, you can uh, go online and you can do that. There's also some cards on the table out in the vestibule with some cute little faces on them. And if one of those kids just really piques your interest, you can pick up that card and you can take it home and you can sponsor that kid. There's a QR code on the back. I know Jordan's really big on the QR codes. And so I didn't even have to have him teach me how to do it. So that was good. But um, you can find that there. If uh, giving a gift of $40 a month isn't really something that you can do or, or you're interested in right now, there's something just as important that you can do. And that is that you can pray for our students and you can pray for our staff. You can pray for the administrative team at both of our schools in the Dominican Republic. And on the table out there, there's also a sheet if you would like to sign up to be a Second Mile Missions prayer warrior. You can put down your name and your email address, and you'll start to receive a monthly email with just some praises and prayer concerns um, from our Second Mile staff. So again, I told you I'm going to give you the quick version of Second Mile Missions, so I'm going to share with you just briefly about uh, our two schools. The first school is the Second Mile Education Center. This is kind of our legacy campus. And the, the Second Mile Education Center opened in the fall of 2010 with just an elementary school. Two years later, in 2012, um, the uh, high school opened at the Second Mile Education Center. And at the Second Mile Education Center, we currently provide education for students in preschool through 12th grade. Uh, Second Mile Missions is providing 230 scholarships this year to students at the Second Mile Education Center. And over 600 students are receiving a Christ-centered education day in and day out at this school. But as I mentioned earlier, there are still thousands of kids in the area we, where we work that are not receiving an education. So in the fall of 2010, Second Mile Missions opened Hope Academy. And Hope Academy currently provides education for students in preschool through fifth grade. And next year, we will be adding sixth grade to uh, that school. We're providing 110 uh, sponsorships this year at Hope Academy. And in total, we have about 300 students who are receiving a Christ-centered education every day at Hope Academy. So we are thankful for that. As part of our plan for growth, we do want to add a high school to Hope Academy. And in order to do that, we have to purchase a new piece of property. Um, we have, uh, there's actually one piece of property that you can kind of see on the map there that says potential site for high school. Uh, this piece of property is the only undeveloped piece of property on the block, and recently the owner reached out to us and asked us if we would consider purchasing this property for $150,000. Working in a, a Caribbean island resort area isn't, isn't cheap, and so everything costs a lot. But we were grateful that we had several donors who stepped up to the plate and allowed us to raise the money to purchase the high school. And next week, we're set to close on this piece of land where we eventually plan to build the high school. Um, in order to construct the high school, we're anticipating that we're going to have to raise about a, another half million dollars to build the building. So this is certainly an area where you can join us in praying. You can pray for this piece of property, and you can pray that God will um, continue to raise, help us raise the funds needed to build a high school in this area. Um, Gregory Boyle once said that uh, compassion isn't just about feeling the pain of others. 
It's about bringing them in toward yourself. If we love what God loves, then in compassion, margins get erased. Be compassionate as God is compassionate means the dismantling of barriers that exclude. This has been the goal of our Second Mile Missions educational model, is to uh, dismantle the barriers that exclude students from receiving an education. And I want to share just a quick story with you this morning about uh, a young girl who I just, I just found this out last week. I think she's in third grade at Hope Academy. And uh, her family doesn't go to church, and so the only time that she's hearing about Jesus is when she comes to school. But this young lady had been going home, and she had been sharing Jesus with her mother. And recently, her mother stopped at the school, and she told the administrative staff that because of her daughter, she now knows Jesus. And this is just one example of how God is working through Second Mile Missions. And I could share uh, example after example of the ways that God has worked in Second Mile Missions. Um, and so there's no doubt that he has been working. But God has also been working in me. And so this morning, uh, Jordan asked me to share just a little bit with you about how God has been at work in my life. And um, I can tell you that first, since I first connected with Second Mile Missions in 2014, my life has changed. I've always had a heart for service and reaching the lost and the poor, um, but it wasn't until I went on my first missions trip in 2014 to the Dominican Republic that I learned that the old cliche is actually true, that when you go on a trip, you think that you're going to bless others, but what you find out is that you actually are the one whose life has been, been blessed. And uh, this was certainly true for me. But, you know, lasting change uh, or any worthwhile change, it doesn't happen overnight. And it doesn't happen without God. It takes time. And there's a quote that I have uh, come across recently that says that we should trust in the slow work of God. And after that first trip to the DR in 2014, I don't think I knew just exactly how God was going to be working in my life or the amount of time that it would take for him to get me to the place that I am today serving Second Mile Missions as the executive director. But I'm thankful that even when we're not paying attention and even when we don't know it, God is always working. So I went back to the DR after that first trip in 2014, and uh, several, several trips after that, I was invited to become a board member at Second Mile Missions, and Lindsay actually worked part-time for Second Mile for about a year and a half. She was doing fundraising and uh, development work for the organization, and at one point, they actually asked us to move our family there in hopes that I would be the principal at the Second Mile Education Center. And all of these experiences along the way, they were preparing me for a life change, but um, I wasn't, it wasn't really until the fall of 2020 that I realized just how my life was about to change. Earlier that summer, I sat on uh, the beach in South Carolina on vacation, and I was reading this book. It was called Leading on Empty, Refilling Your Tank and Renewing Your Passion. In the book, the author was uh, talking about pastoral burnout. He was the pastor at a megachurch in Hawaii. And while the book was geared towards ministry leaders, I certainly found myself in this book as I had been uh, leading the Triton Athletic Department for the last 13 years. And I was preparing to start year number 14. I was tired and I was burned out of the challenges of, of leading, and I thought that this book might help renew my passion. And honestly, I thought it had until a little bit later that fall when I received a visit from Second Mile Missions founders, Rod and Nancy Wildman. Rod and Nancy visited me at my office in at the school, and they told me that they were ready to take a step back from the day-to-day -day operations. They'd been leading the organization for 13, 14 years at that point, and they were ready to kind of get out of the day-to-day, -day, and they asked me if I would consider leading the organization. 
you know, the, the thought was flattering, but I had thought that I was content where I was. I was just reading this book about renewing my passion, and so I just thought there's no way that it could be the right time for me to do that. So I told Rod and Nancy that it just wasn't the right time for me. But at the same time, I was uh, reading through the book of Jeremiah, and the author of this book, Leading on Empty, had talked about how the book of Jeremiah saved his life. He said that God didn't send him a life raft in that book, but he sent him a plank, something that would just help him keep his head above the water. And so I thought, well, if the author of this book found something in the book of Jeremiah, then surely there must be something in the book of Jeremiah for me too. And so I started digging in. And if you're familiar with the book of Jeremiah, you know that Jeremiah didn't receive the most glamorous call from God to lead. In fact, he received one of the most difficult assignments of any Old Testament leader because God asked him to lead a stubborn people. And uh, in the beginning of Jeremiah, God tells Jeremiah to tell the people to repent and to turn back to God. And then he tells Jeremiah in uh, chapter 7, verse 27, he says, when you tell them all of this, meaning to repent and turn back to God, they will not listen to you. When you call to them, they will not answer. Man, is this the kind of leadership call that you would want to get? And I, as I was reading this, I was thinking, was this the plank that uh, God sent the author of, of Leading on Empty, or was this the plank that he was trying to send to me? Was he calling me to lead a stubborn people, or maybe I already was leading a stubborn group of people? I really wasn't sure. But as I uh, pressed on in the book of Jeremiah, I uh, kept reading the same thing. God told the people to repent and turn back, and the people continued to fall farther and farther away. And they just continued to live their own stubborn lives. And it was uh, in a little bit later, I think it was in chapter 27, and God said, listen, tell the people to go to Babylon. They're going to be enslaved. They're going to be on the bottom, but they'll be obedient if they listen to me, and I'll protect them. And it was in this moment where I started to think about uh, this offer of leading Second Mile Missions, and I thought, man, it feels like I'd be leaving everything that I know, that I'll be on the bottom, and almost like I would be uh, one of these exiles. And it was in this moment that I started to really ask myself, um, are you Jeremiah or are you the people? Because you see, I had been reading this book of Jeremiah thinking that I was supposed to find myself in Jeremiah, but I realized that maybe I was the stubborn one who wasn't listening. Maybe I was the one that was supposed to leave the comfort of what I knew to uh, take on this, this new role, and I would be on the bottom, but God would protect me. And it was a familiar verse just a couple of chapters later in Jeremiah 29 that we all know that really um, kind of solidified the answer for me. It said, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And it was in this moment after reading this that uh, Lindsay and I decided that it was time to say yes to Rod and Nancy's offer. But more importantly, it was time to say yes to God. And uh, in December of 2020, I announced to the staff at Triton Junior Senior High School that I would be stepping down at the end of the school year to, uh, to lead Second Mile Missions. And this wasn't an easy decision, uh, but through the book of Jeremiah, God made it clear to me that it was the right decision. So I finished that year as the athletic director, and on June 21st, 2021, exactly 14 years to the day that I became the athletic director, I started working for Second Mile Missions. I've now been in the role for a little over a year and a half, and I can say without hesitation that uh, God has been with me every step of the way. 
these promises that he made in Jeremiah have been true for me. And uh, while it hasn't been easy, uh, God has been with me. And I remember when I called Rod Wildman and I, I told him that I was willing to accept his offer if it still stood, uh, he said that he was so excited for me. And what, what he said he was most excited for me was that I'd have the opportunity to see miracles happen right before my eyes. And I remember when Rod told me that, I wasn't exactly sure what he meant by that. But I can tell you, after being in the ministry now for a year and a half, I have seen miracle after miracle after miracle. And this morning, I want to share just a couple of those with you. One of them is a, a personal miracle, and then another is a miracle that happened this last fall while I was on a trip to the DR. In uh, 2021, some of you know this, but I ran 2,121 miles, which is the equivalent of running from Bourbon to the Santa Monica Pier in California. I raised $21,385 for Second Mile Missions. If you're curious, running 2,121 miles means that you're averaging 5.8 miles a day. But even more impressive to me was that God impressed on the hearts of people to donate to this cause, and donations averaged $10.08 a mile. Someone asked me what I learned about God through this journey, and what I told them was that I learned that God is good. I think I already knew that, but as I went through this uh, journey, I think it was a miracle that I ran all these miles and I was injury-free. I never missed a run due to an injury. I had blisters, I had sore muscles, I had calloused feet, but I was able to keep running, and he was with me every step of the way. It's pretty amazing when you stop and you think about how God designed us. I mean, I think about the tiny little bones in my feet and think that they carried me 2,121 miles. There's no doubt that God had perfectly designed my feet for a journey like that. And this last fall, I want to share with you an example of uh, a miracle that happened in the DR. I was um, leading a, a group from the Wildman Business Group, and we were back at the little church in Monteverde, and we were scheduled to, to feed lunch to the kids. And so we made up a bunch of peanut butter sandwiches, uh, bags of grapes, and some juice boxes. And uh, while we were there, I looked at this table of food, and I looked at this line, and the line kept growing, and more and more kids kept coming. And I thought, there's no way that we're going to have enough food to feed all of these kids. And so the kids started coming through the line. They started receiving their peanut butter and jelly sandwich, their bag of grapes, and the juice boxes. And I kept looking at the line and looking at the table, and the food was getting thinner and thinner, and the line just seemed to be getting longer and longer. Pretty soon, I saw some mothers at the back of the line that hoped that maybe they, too, could just get a bite to eat. They wanted to wait until all the kids got through, but um, they, they were there in line to, to kind of finish up. And as I looked at these mothers, I thought, there's no way that we're going to have enough food for them to eat. But as you can probably guess, the mothers went through. And when I looked at the table, I saw one peanut butter and jelly sandwich, one bag of grapes, and one juice box left. And I noticed that there was one person that we had yet to feed that day, and it was Pastor Elvis. Yes, that's his name. No, Elvis didn't fake his death and run off to the Dominican Republic. So uh, we gave the last of the food to Pastor Elvis, and we thank God for providing enough food for everyone. I'm told that this isn't the first of its kind miracle that's happened at this little church in Monteverde. In fact, about 10 years ago, they tell me that they had a similar incident while they were distributing shoes. The line kept growing, and somehow they just kept pulling shoes out of the box. So whether it be fishes and loaves, peanut butter and jelly, or shoes, God continues to provide for his people. 
and he continues to, to show miracle after miracle after miracle. Uh, God has been good to Second Mile Missions, and God has been good to me. And this morning, I just would like to say thank you to the church for supporting Second Mile Missions. Your love and your support for the ministry and for me personally isn't overlooked, and it's not taken for granted. So from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you. Thank you for being a church that gives. Thank you for being a church that loves. And most importantly, thank you for being a church that prays, because God hears our prayers. In his book, Tattoos on the Heart, The Power of Boundless Compassion, Father Gregory Boyle writes this. He says, only kinship, inching ourselves closer to creating a community of kinship such that God might recognize it. Soon we imagine with God this circle of compassion. Then we imagine no one standing outside of that circle, moving ourselves closer to the margins so that the margins themselves will be erased. We stand there with those whose dignity has been denied. We locate ourselves with the poor and the powerless and the voiceless. At the edges, we join the easily despised and the readily left out. We stand with the demonized so that the demonizing will stop. We situate ourselves right next to the disposable so that the day will come when we stop throwing people away. Because God has sent us, Second Mile Missions goes to the margins. We seek kinship with the poor. And while the margins have yet been erased, we continue to stand with those whose dignity has been denied. We're giving a voice to the poor and the powerless, and we're including those who are left out. We have situated ourselves right between the villages we serve, and we pray daily that God will continue to provide. We look expectantly to the future and all that God has in store for us at Second Mile Missions. Thank you for walking alongside us with your continued love, support, and prayers. Together, we can make a difference. It won't be easy, and it won't be fast, but we can trust in the slow work of God. Thank you. We were to uh, have been reading Second John and First John and Third John this uh, this month. Second John it says it has given me great joy to find your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded. Uh, we want our children and the next generation to know of Christ. I'm so grateful for Second Mile and the work that God is doing uh, there. Um, uh, having personally walked through uh, the villages and those through the school, and just to see God working. Really incredible to be a part of walking alongside Mason and Lindsay through this journey. Um, there's been a few moments where it's just been like, yeah, that seems like something God would have you do, and it's usually pretty crazy. And uh, so grateful for your example. Uh, so I'd like to for us to pray for them and for Second God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus, our Savior. God, for the work that you're doing through Second Mile, and Lord, what you're doing through hearts and through the lives of children, and Lord, to break into the poverty of some of the most broken parts of our world, and Lord, we know that you are the father of us all, we are your children, and we just ask that you would bless Mason and Lindsay as they lead and love and listen to you and follow you, Lord, we pray for the organization, we pray for the property, we pray for the future, we pray for 
so many things, God, that are at work and at play, and we pray for dignity for women, a world where they're often hurt. Lord, for children to be lifted out of brokenness, for men to find strength and comfort in giving their life to you. God, may we find the gospel being lived there, and may we be a part of it. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your grace and your spirit that's at work. Bless and guide us now as your church.